Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Scott McGregor at Scott Trades on Twitter. Welcome to the Hot Wallet Podcast, conversations about active investing and digital assets. Please make sure and press follow on whatever platform you're getting this on. If you're watching it on YouTube, smash the like button, press subscribe, so you get uh, quality content from people who are not trying to scam you. You know, Brett, I was thinking earlier, everyone kind of has like a thing, like BitBoy, for example. I don't really know if that guy's not trying to scam me. And and one of the main things that I want to do with this channel, with this podcast, is just give people great information and be like, you don't have to buy anything. You don't have to buy what I own. And in fact, probably don't do that. It's a good idea if you don't want to lose money. And so I think that this is just a great uh, platform for giving out good information and not trying to get people to buy anything. So hopefully it's helpful for you. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to bring someone like you on, who is uh, a good friend of mine. Give him some love, everyone. My brother from another mother, at Crypto Brett on Twitter. Longtime friend of the show. He drives an Audi, but nobody's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to see you, brother. Uh, it is an Audi RS3, though, and it's turbo blue. So, oh my I goodness, mean, it's it's one of the better Audis out there. And um, I'm, you know, I'm if you're going to drive insanely, an Audi, it might as well be that one. I'm insanely jealous, actually. <laughs> as you should be. As you I'm should still be. driving the Honda, and yeah, it's okay. Uh, we have the Honda too. We have we have one of those. Um, you know, it's it's reliable. It gets you around. It does everything that it needs to do. It's not quite as exciting, but you know, yeah. it it is it is a a vehicle for for transportation. But yeah, it's not nearly. It, let's put it this way: the Honda stays out of the garage. The Audi stays in the garage. Ooh, yeah. nice one. I like that. I call mine the Daddy Wagon. I got to take the Daddy Wagon <laughs> to the park. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, re- the reason I wanted to have you on, my friend, is because I feel like that guy in the meme that goes out for pizza and then comes back holding the pizza, staring at a house that is on fire and chaos is all around. Because, you know, I'm deep down the Bitcoin rabbit hole. I'm in the stock market. I'm trying to interpret what the Fed is doing. I am focused on crypto, but more or less the regulation part, the use cases. You know, I'm trying to orange pill as many people as I can. And I come back holding the pizza and this frog coin is going crazy. And people like Rao Pal are saying, how can I buy this thing? So Brett, WTF is going on right now in the world of meme coins. What is a meme coin? How did you get involved? And how should regular everyday investors think about these? Well, let's go back to like Doge and Chib. And I've, I think I've bought Doge a couple of times and traded it, but I never got into it. And, um, you know, I was thinking about this earlier. As far as a meme coin or anything like that, there's really no significant utility to it, right? Um, I mean, I think Elon was talking about doing some things. And I think maybe Mark Cuban mentioned that you can buy some merch with Doge for the, the Mavericks. I forget if that's actually happening still or not. 
but there's no utility to it. It's just fun and people love it and people get behind it and they rally for it. And some of them are doing so because they're making a lot of money. Um, you know, they got in earlier and knew about it from the very beginning or the Genesis, but others just, you know, many people just like it uh, for the community. And, you know, if you think about uh, like, for example, the Turbo Toads, I'm, I'm reasonably heavy, heavily invested in that one. Um, mostly because I just have a lot of fun on the Discord servers and I've met some <laughs> cool people. Um, I had a one-on-one, one-v-one one or one-one uh, minted for me. Uh, some guy created a pretty cool uh, Turbo Toad thing that I really loved. And, you know, when you when you think about, um, well, are you familiar with the concept of a, of a network state? Are you talking about like what Balaji is Balaji? talking about? Yeah. Very, very vaguely. Maybe you can uh, give me a little uh, overview. So I don't have it all in front of me, and I, I read uh, a lot about it a long time ago. So I'm going to butcher some of it. But you know, it's an active and engaged community that acts on behalf of the community, has its own cryptocurrency, um, governs itself, and fundamentally, and at some point, meets in person. And there's like maybe one other qualification that Balaji mentions for a network state. Um, again, I probably butchered that a little bit, but that's kind of the gist of it. And what I'm starting to see with some of these meme coins is some organic formations of, of network states, um, people you know, rallying together for a cause. And whether or not that actually turns into fruition for something that is real, I don't know. And more than likely, probably not. But what some companies are trying to do is build these highly valuable communities that people want to join and want to be a part of and advocate to get others to join as well. And what's so cool about the meme coin culture is that it happens uh, on its own. Um, and so you're getting sort of a, a catalyst for something that is community driven that people want to be a part of um, that, you know, there is a token for and that at times they're meeting in person uh, in-person events. And to some extent, you get merchandise and you know physical objects, which if you see this, this is my Siebes the Meebs shirt. Um, I got it sent to me the other day from Sergito uh, on Twitter, Sergito Sergito. Um, he is uh, big into punks and big into Meebits. And, um, you know, I got a free shirt out of the deal and it's really cool. And I, I wear it and it's a nice shirt and, you know, I'm a part of that community. So it's like, you're, you're, you're getting involved in something that is adding value, that's fun, that you love, that you, you, know, you meet cool people. And it's just different than if you buy Apple stock. You know, uh -huh. It's just completely a different scenario. And you know, it's something that, I don't know, you can feel like you're more of a part of and you're more impactful with. And uh, you know, I think that's part of it beyond just the intrinsic need to try to make a lot of money off of it. But um, I'm holding my turbo. I'm hurt, holding my Pepe. I'm holding. Uh, <laughs> I bought a little Gooch, and I'm, ho I'm holding those. And if they do something great, if they don't, you know, so be it. But it's uh, it's not anything that I'm uh, relying on in any way, shape, or form. But um, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And those are the communities that I'm being a part of, and that I'm kind of participating in. Brett, most communities rally around a certain cause or a movement. And when you look at something like Tesla, for example, a lot of people are rallying around the cause of clean energy, electric cars, et cetera, et cetera. What are the communities of these meme coins rallying around exactly? 
I think to, to a certain extent, some of it is just the anti-community of you know normal fiat currencies and normal transactions. Like we can build things on our own. We can create something from scratch. We can you know, do whatever it is that we want to do. And um, we don't need, quote unquote, you or the big government to, to help us do that. Um, you know, some of these communities, they have an intrinsic purpose. Um, some of them don't. Um, and I don't necessarily feel like you have to have a natural cause or, you know, an ultimate reason that you're doing it. Sometimes it's just that it's cool and it's fun and that you meet nice people. What are you learning in some of these discords? Like, what are people talking about? What is what is the community actually like? So a lot of these communities, you know, to be brutally honest with you, there's some good ones and then there's some bad ones. But um, a lot of them are just, you know, talking about the coin, talking about the, the token, to the moon, you know, buying more, buy the dip, all <laughs> that stuff. You're going to see most of that in just most any community that you go to. Lots of rocket emojis, I imagine. <laughs> lots of rocket emojis, <laughs> lots of moons. Okay. And what's really interesting in some of these is you don't really understand how little some of these people know. Um, you know, I'll post, I know it's kind of silly, but I'll post some technical analysis and some charts on some of these meme coins, which really doesn't mean a damn thing um, because people are buying on emotion, but, um, you know, they're, you're not really too concerned about the 200-day moving average or the 50-day you know, right. simple average on, on these uh, and support. And, you know, it's it's not really that big of a deal, but um, you are concerned with, you know, a dollar versus, you know, 75 cents because a dollar is like an even round number. And that's what people look at. Um, although most of these meme coins are way, way, way less than a dollar. Um, but what's interesting is, you know, a lot of these emerging meme coin meme communities are, well, creating merchandise, like, well, you can buy our t-shirts and you can support us. Um, you're creating like coffee mugs, t-shirts, um, cool stuff that you wouldn't be able to get otherwise. Um, talking about like, how can we help each other? Like what kind of other uh, alpha can you give us? What are you seeing? What's going on? Um, you know, some of the stuff that you would get in a paid sort of service. Now you have to be careful with you know, who do you listen to? And is that information actually valid? And what you're going to find is there's going to be some people who are there to help others and to, you know, help them achieve something. And then there's other people who are there to scam you. So, you know, like you mentioned, potentially BitBoy, and that's another, you know, quick segue. Is he actually here to help people or is he here to like scam others out of uh out of their funds what do you think <laughs> i mean i have my own opinions i've never met the guy at all i do know that you know you and i when we were first getting into crypto we would look it, and watch some of these BitBoy videos because we were just looking for influencers or, who knew what they were talking about and BitBoy was you know coming up early in the search uh results you know, I feel like I haven't watched his videos for a long, long time, so I don't know. And I may be speaking out of turn. I just don't know what's going on with him. And he just seems angry about everything. You know, he's angry about regulation. He's angry about this, angry about that. He wants to be seen as someone who is right. He wants to be seen, in my opinion, as someone who has a lot of money, who's very successful, who does these videos and a lot of people watch them. And, you know, I guess that that's kind of his MO. Uh, recently, I've seen him get involved with uh, a, a token called Ben, and I don't know too much about it other than someone made this token. His name is Ben. BitBoy's name mm -hmm. is Ben. 
And so he kind of latched onto that, told everyone he wasn't going to sell a certain amount of tokens, and then just recently actually sold a bunch of tokens, but said it was to raise funds for something else. And so I just don't know if you can really trust anyone. You know, I, I think trust is earned from someone who, again, you know, like as I kind of started the show off, from people who aren't trying to sell you anything, you know? Yeah. Uh, and and I feel like a lot of his videos in the early days were very informational. We find out now that a lot of them were actually paid sponsorships, but he didn't let everyone know. And now that he, now that everyone kind of knows that, it's kind of expected that, okay, he's going to do these paid sponsorships. And so I really don't know what to think other than, you know, just the line, do your own research. What makes sense to you? What is your time frame? What is your horizon? How long do you want to hold this for? When do you need the money? That kind of thing. And so I think that's probably just a good rule for any influencer. Even you and I talking about things right now, you know, if we mention tokens we own, NFTs we own, et cetera, someone may think, oh, well, that's, you know, that's an endorsement. I should buy it. But I don't think that's a good idea because who knows what you're going to do tomorrow, next week, next year, like things change. And, and so I think he's a good warning for the industry just generally of just be careful and, and look out for yourself because you don't know what's going to happen. You don't, he may turn out to be an amazing lightning rod for regulation in this industry and come out smelling like roses at the end. Um, but just like people look at Jim Cramer, rely on Jim Cramer. And then you have other people who say, oh, well, everything Cramer likes goes to zero. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So I think with any sort of investment, you really have to just understand yourself and what your goals are first, and then take everything in as information to either confirm or change your idea. Yeah. I, yeah, you're, you're right. We did first kind of get started with watching some, some BitBoy videos and, you know, you have to take everything, uh, in, in, like you said, do your own research and, you know, you don't really know who to believe or who to trust or anything like that. And that's what makes some of this stuff so difficult. Um, you know, fundamentally I'm a believer in crypto long-term, I'm a believer in Bitcoin long-term, um, you know, some of the projects, uh, both of which we invest in. Um, but like, you know, somebody like Ben can get involved in Bitcoin and then dump it and then, you know, sell it off. And it's just, you know, maybe it was for another project, maybe not. But for somebody who has, you know, a couple of thousand dollars to their name and they invest some of it for that purpose and then it gets dumped like that, you know, it's, it's, it can be, you know, extremely disappointing. And kind of what I was leaning back into when in some of these people in these communities who don't really understand technical analysis or don't really understand what's going on, um, they're getting hit hard. And that's mm -hmm. sort of the, the disappointing part of it is that, you know, those of us without much money or without much knowledge, most, a lot of the people you read about on Twitter, they, they have some knowledge or they have some expertise, but many are just jumping into something in hopes for a better life. Like I'll put this thousand dollars that I have into you know, X, Y, Z meme coin. And I hope it hundred X's and that's, that's my gamble. And it's, <laughs> I mean, it, it really is happening. And, you know, 
I, I posted a chart one time and it's like, hey, okay, this is, we're approaching support. This is what's happened on the four hour, you know, over the past few days. Again, we're talking four hour timeframes. Let's see what it happens. It's either going to bottom or we could see a, a bounce from here based on the consolidation that we're seeing. And um, somebody asked me to explain, like, what is this? What does this mean? Mm -hmm. So we have people who are trading and just buying and selling with no real rhyme or reason. And, um, you know, they're kind of missing that uh, expertise as to why they're buying it and why they're getting involved from a, a technical perspective, from, you know, a fundamental, just emotional perspective. They're just buying it because they like it and they want to be a part of it. And mm -hmm. they hope that they're going to make a lot of money. But, um, you know, kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier with the um, what's going on in the forums, I'm seeing just a lot of nice people having a lot of fun with it. And I've had more fun uh, in some of these meme coin forums than I've had in most any other Discord server that I've been a part of. And I have really? a, a long list of them. It's just a lot of nice people doing cool shit, building, you know, building NFTs, building new art, buying and selling, collaborating, giving away. Like, you know, I made a hundred of these first people to minute. You can have it for 0.001 ETH or something like that just to cover some fees and uh, if you want it great if you don't want it that's fine too and um you know that's kind of like the the one 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 that i got the other day i just thought it was neat and it wasn't even for sale and i messaged the guy the art uh, the artist and said hey i want to buy this and he's like oh i wasn't even trying to sell it but if you want to buy it i bought it for like uh i think it was 0.05 eth something like that um and i'm proud of it and on on another <laughs> discord server that's now my profile picture um, oh very you know, cool so, but it just kind of, and I, and from that, I made a friend, uh, you know, the artist, he and I now chat every now and then on Twitter and, you know, it's just, it's just cool. You know, it's just kind of like, kind of like Facebook back in the day, like it needed to be cool. Not that it's cool now, but, you mm -hmm. know, they needed to create something for Facebook that was cool. And that's what you're seeing in a lot of these uh, meme coin discord servers. It's cool. People are having fun and they're working together. It does remind me of kind of my early days getting involved in the market because I would get in, in on these forums and these uh, kind of chat services about Canadian mining stocks. And someone would post a chart and be like, this is what's going to happen. And then that thing would happen and it would be like, whoa, I wish I knew how to read charts. And, you know, I looked at this guy like an expert, like he knows what's happening and stuff. And so I do see the benefit in that for people who want to get involved in trading and investing, but maybe, you know, aren't ready to open up a brokerage account or anything like that, but can do a Uniswap thing on their phone. Like I get that it's easier. The, the barrier to entry is lower. Um, and, and so maybe there is going to be a net benefit out of this where it brings a whole bunch of new people to the regular market, you know, be it the stock market or, you know, further down into the crypto market. So I do see that aspect of it. And then, of course, that community aspect of it. Um, you know, you were a member at Stock Market Mentor. You understand like the stock kind of community and, and the value that you can derive from learning from a whole bunch of different people. So I do understand that uh, for sure. Like, like that clicks for me. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's it. Um, Somebody, I'll, I'll hold this person's name, but some I was asking about NFTs a year ago, something like that. And I was like, hey, which NFTs do I get into? And um, she was just like, you need to find a community. I was like, well, what do you mean? She said, find a community that you vibe with, that you like, that you want to be a part of, 
and um, you know make that your community that you want to participate in. And then from there, you'll kind of build off of it. And I knew what she meant, but I didn't really get it. And you know, as a part of a few different Discord servers, um, part of Stock Market Mentor, um, you know, but I wasn't sure what exactly I was looking for. And that's when I find found the uh, the Punk six five two nine the the memes, and the memes themselves, the meme not necessarily meme culture, but just memes in general, really spoke to me. And that was sort of the first uh, community that I really joined and really started being a part of. And I think right now I am number 89 all time, right around there, 85 all time for wow. the top meme collectors, the top 6529 meme collectors. So what's cool about that, it, it kind of gets you. Um, well, back when we lived in Canada, we, um, we had this really nice garden. I know I'm going off on a segue, but I'm, I'm going to tie this all together <laughs> for you. We had a really okay. nice garden because the soil was so fertile and we grew all kinds of fantastic vegetables and it was wonderful and it was beautiful. And then one day I was sitting outside. I was watering the garden again, and I was started to wonder, does this garden own me or do I own this garden? Because I had to take care of it all the time in order to make it work. And I got a benefit out of it, but I had to put a lot of effort into it, time, money, expense, all of that. And so what's happening with the, the 6529 memes right now is because I'm one of the you know top, say, 100 collectors, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I get to mint pretty much every single one that comes out. And I want to mint them all because I like them. But I have to make sure that I'm around for the mint. I have to, you know, every Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 10 o'clock central, I have to be there. Um, it costs me 0.06529 ETH every single time. And if I miss one, um, then I, of course I have to go back and buy it in the secondary market because I want to collect them all. And by continuing to collect them, I keep, I, well, I get the ability to mint them at a cheap price and anticipation that at some point in the future, they're going to be worth more than they are now. Um, but I sometimes wonder, do I own this sort of my involvement in the community or does this involvement in the community own me? Because now I'm, I'm so far down that rabbit hole that it'd be really hard to leave. And mm -hmm. I don't necessarily want to, but every single week, you know, call it 0.2 ETH, I'm, I'm spending uh, on these things. And I, you know, I kind of have to because I've, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to kind of fall off and, and not be able to mint some of these because you really don't ever know um, if it's going to be a limited edition, 300 uh, edition uh, NFT that's going to be highly valuable, like the, the Nakamoto card right now is, I think, 10 ETH. It's been as high as like 25 ETH. And you could wow. have minted that at one point for 0 0.06529. Um, so, you know, you never know what's going to be, to be out there. And, you know, the NFT market right now is, it's the bear NFT market. I think we'll probably see some movement here soon. Um, I think a lot of the meme coin money is going to probably come out of that and probably into some fundamentals like Bitcoin and likely into some NFTs at some point here in the future. 
Explain to me and everyone else who Punk Six Two Five Nine is. <laughs> how did how did you get introduced to this person, and then also how did you get involved in starting to collect these NFT memes? Some of which you have behind you, by the way. I do on the wall. So I'm sure some of us know who Punk Six Five Two Nine is. I do not. Um, he is a bit of a mystery. My understanding is that he's either some kind of a former hedge fund manager, some type of person who's made a lot of money, you know, somewhere in the world. Um, he, I believe, lives in Europe uh, based on time zones and things that I've seen. Um, but I discovered him through uh, two different interviews he did with Ralph Powell from Real Vision. And those interviews to me were mind blowing. Um, we, I don't know if we're going to have enough time to talk about all of this. They were two hour interviews each, I think, but basically the gist of it was the tokenization of everything. And ultimately do we as humans, we as investors want to hold something in our own wallets or would we prefer to hold it in a centralized database? So the the, Typical example is you buy a, a concert ticket to, um, I don't know, Christina Aguilera or whoever it is that you listen to, Scott. Um, Taylor Swift, actually. Taylor, you buy a Taylor Swift ticket. Tay-Tay. Yeah, Tay-Tay. <laughs> and, you know, fundamentally, would you prefer to have that on the, you know, the Ticketmaster app and have all of the information there um, and have to trade it through somebody else who has the Ticketmaster app? Or would you prefer to have it in your own digital wallet? And that's sort of the key decision that I think the populace is going to have to make. You know, does it live in a centralized app owned by a private company, um, or does it live decentralized in something like a MetaMask wallet or you know something else? And that's what we've got to figure out. And that decision, I think, needs to happen not necessarily soon, but soon-ish, um, because if it doesn't occur and we don't get you know some kind of movement. My concern is that this sort of the momentum that we have for NFTs and you know tokenization and you know some of the use cases for it might kind of die down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why bother if I can just hold it in a centralized app this easy? What's the point? And that's the kind of the decision that we have to make. Um, I think those of us who are Pro crypto um, are going to like obviously prefer to hold it in our own wallets. Like it would be just cool that I could send you my. Well, I wouldn't have a Tay Tay ticket, Scott. <laughs> but Come on, if you wanted to send me yours, so you could. Just, maybe she's at the top of her game right I'm now. Not, I'm not. I'm not paying her you. prices. I'm not paying her prices. Like, my uh, my daughter wanted to go to a concert and we couldn't get any tickets. Uh, it was like over a thousand dollars US per ticket to to get in at the time. Worth it, maybe. But, you know, I don't know about these memes being worth it. <laughs> tickets to Tay-Tay, at least for one week. Maybe, Anyways. maybe. But um, <laughs> No, but I understand what you're saying, because what you're saying essentially is, is there value in being able to own something like a, a ticket to a concert, being able to send that to someone without a third party being involved? Because the way it works right now, and we've seen this, Ticketmaster sells a ticket. And as soon as it gets bought, it goes on StubHub, which Ticketmaster, I believe, also owns and gets sold at an exorbitant amount higher than the listing price. And the way that I think decentralized tickets could work is that 
you can sell them for that exorbitant per price, but StubHub doesn't get a mo- as much of that money. The user would get more of that money. Is that is that kind of how you see it? Why do you need Ticketmaster? And uh, so the question is, why do you even need Ticketmaster at this point? Once you kind of uh, the Taylor Swift tickets could be an NFT. Um, they go on sale. Whoever has a digital wallet buys it. It goes into their wallet, and it could be traded publicly wherever they want. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the same thing as a membership pass for, you know, XYZ company or a meme card or anything else. It's the tokenization of an asset. And that's what's really exciting. Uh, going back to 6529, like uh, the tokenization of a hotel stay. You know, you buy a hotel, you're going to stay in Banff for the week, and it turns out that you can't go. Um, you sell that to somebody else over the blockchain, and it's whether it's an NFT or something else. You know, you sell that to me. I now have the NFT. I own it. It's valid for these dates. I go to Banff and present it, and they give me the room. The hotel generally, unless you're there's you know you're a criminal or you've done some bad stuff, they don't care whether Scott rents the room or Brett rents the room. They just care that they've gotten paid for it and they've fulfilled their obligation. So you know it would be nice to be able to you know trade stuff like stays or assets you know without having to go through the hotel. But like if you can't cancel your reservation for whatever reason, what are you going to do with it? Mm-hmm. So. You know, and, and the hotel would probably benefit more because, you know, here's someone who isn't going to, let's say I book a hotel and I have to cancel. Okay, well, then it's up to the hotel to either resell that room. Uh, so they potentially take a loss on it, but then right. they could also lose money on eating at the restaurant, uh, you know, that's built into the hotel. Or you have a great experience and then you refer it to someone else and they get money down the road. And so, yeah, I, I love that idea of being able to tokenize an asset or a commodity or a stay at a hotel and then being able to trade that openly and be like, ah, you know what? I actually can't go, but I know someone who can. Here's my ticket. Here's my NFT to the room. You get it. You stay. And the hotel still makes money either way. And they could probably set it up where if I do have to send you my hotel room, they would take a little off the top. So they get a little bit more of that money that you're paying me. You know, so so exactly. there's essentially a, a way for hotels in this example to make money twice on one hotel room. There, there's lots of opportunities. Um, even there's a company called StockX. Have you heard of StockX? Yeah, I think they sell shoes, right? Yeah, well, part, they, they sell shoes and lots of uh, valuable assets. It, it could okay. be whether it's shoes or clothing or other merchandise. It's kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, just hip stuff that people are going to want. And a lot of it's, you know, apparel type stuff. Um, But what they actually do is let's pretend that I have, I have this baseball and it's a really valuable baseball for whatever reason. Um, I advertise it for sale and let's say it goes for a thousand dollars. I then have to send it to StockX. They validate that it's real and then they send it to the buyer. Um, So, you know, with, tokenization with blockchain, we don't really need that validation anymore because if I bought this baseball and it's, I'm able to prove it on the blockchain, prove that it's real, we've then validated it. So all the, all the fake handbags and you know all the, I'm not into that whole area, but I know that uh, Louis bags are counterfeited a lot. I mean, we can, we can validate that and tokenize ownership of that. We can do that with cars. We can do that with our health records. We can do that with 
housing. We can do that with most anything of value. And we're just now scratching the surface. So the, the whole ticket idea or the StockX idea or the hotel stay idea, those are sort of just really easy ways of kind of thinking of what we could do with it. The The fundamental piece that we're missing is like, so what's next? What are the, mm-hmm. the picture things that are going to happen? Like, is real estate going to go into the blockchain completely? Probably not 100% all the time, but I think we're probably going to start seeing more and more transactions where a house or a piece of property is an NFT and ownership exchanges that way. Um, and yeah. I, yet, yet what's going to happen, and I don't have those solutions and I don't have the ability to create all of that, but I am excited about what could be. Mm-hmm. No, a friend of mine actually just moved and had to wait. The, you know, they sent... They sent their lawyer the money. The lawyer then sent it to the other lawyer and stuff like that. And I was helping this guy move and he was essentially waiting outside of this new house. Moving truck is there. My SUV is full of his stuff and we can't put it in the house because the other lawyer, you know, the the seller's lawyer was like, yeah, we haven't gotten the money yet. And I thought, wow, what an antiquated system where he knows it's sent. He knows it's on the way. We're standing outside of a house and he doesn't have the key, can't go in because of time. And I thought, man, it's 2023. We have the technology. It, it just seems like a no brainer for so many different reasons. And, and you know, the owner could have the NFT of the house ownership on their phone and it would just be way easy. You know, there's so many uh, use cases for NFTs that I think go beyond just memes and artwork and stuff like that. I do love the fact that it is starting out in kind of a fun, playful way before it gets put onto, you know, a very serious business use case. Cause I yeah. think people will be more comfortable with it in that way. You know, I think it has to, it has to start as a fun, playful toy, just like the internet was a fun, playful toy. Now businesses can't, operate without the internet. You know what I mean? And so I think that kind of stuff is coming. I just think it's going to take a while. I agree with you. It's And longer than we want it to, by the way. (laughs) I was literally going to say the same thing. It's definitely taking longer than I I want it to. And I want to see it move uh, expeditiously. But, you know, they say marijuana is the, the gateway drug to other drugs. And I don't know that I really buy that, but that's what quote unquote they say. But I feel like the memes are kind of the sort of gateway to other things. And, you know, I have, I have two kids. I share memes with them every single day. I share memes with, with my spouse, with, uh, with my wife, um, share memes with my coworkers. I share memes with you know, my Twitter friends. So we're all sharing this stuff because it's cool or it's fun or it makes us laugh. And when you can attach ownership to it as well, um, it just creates this feeling of, you know, whether it's joy or happiness or just, you know, being proud that you own it or being part of a community or finding value from the community or, you know, with my case, wearing a t-shirt from one of the meme communities, like it's, uh, it brings another aspect of, to, of your life that you wouldn't have otherwise. And it's just, it's exciting to be a part of it. Um, where we go from here. I don't really know. I remember tweeting to Mark Yusko a few months ago, and it was about memes having value because memes are a part of culture. They're a part of our daily lives. And, and 
you know, if you think of other things that are a part of our daily lives that have tangible value, well, why can't this joke have tangible value? You know, like like when I was explaining about how I felt coming, you know, out of stock market world, Bitcoin world into this like meme coin chaos, I referenced a meme because that's exactly what popped in my mind first. And so I do believe that memes have value because it's a part of culture and culture has value as well. Brett, what would be a a place for people to get started learning about some of these memes and some of these NFTs? I I would go back to the advice that I was given uh, before, but, you know, find some NFTs or, you know, memes. I'm going to speak specifically to NFTs. Um, There's a saying, I like my meme coins with JPEGs attached, but, you know, start with some (laughs) NFTs, find some ones that are cool that you like. The uh, the MFers, um, the wrecked guys, uh, the memes by six five two nine. Mebits are a little expensive; they start around two ETH. But um, a lot of the PFPs that just look neat or that you vibe with for some reason, and hopefully not spend more than you can afford to lose. But buy it because it's cool. Buy it because you like it. You know these mm-hmm. these behind me. Um, the one directly above my head is just a good morning. Um, so every day I like to say good morning to my, my Twitter friends and my Discord friends. And, um, you know, the, the one above it is kind of hard to see. I'll switch it here. But the kind of the graffiti art one is Crypto Daydreams. Um, I, like I just that. liked that style. Um, and um, I, I, I just loved it. It was one of my favorite favorite ones. Um, and the the ugly bald guy on the on the other side there, <laughs> that was one of my first. I bought it's a regular, and um, you know the concept with regulars is just to try to find someone I feel that looks similar to you. And I hope I don't categorize myself as an ugly bald guy, but that was the one that looked more closest to me. And plus, my wife hated it. But you know, for whatever <laughs> reason, they they vibed for me, and I I liked them, and so I I liked them enough that I put them on my wall and. Um, you know, this one here, you know, Seasonings for Production, this is a Grant Yin uh, NFT that, you know, if you were to buy his, uh, you know, one-offs, they're, you, know, you can spend 50 ETH on them. They're, re- they're really expensive, but I just wanted to be a part of, a collector of something of his. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so I put them on my wall, just I see them every day. It makes me smile and, uh, you know, I really like them. But, um, you know, the the MFers and the, the Rect guys, I like those too. I have a Rect guy. I don't have an MFer yet, but... I think there's only, you know, like 1% of the MFers right now uh, are available to buy. So people are buying them, they're holding them, and they're they're not selling them um, because they want to be a part of that community. Um, hell, one more, and then it sounds silly, I've never bought one, but the crypto dick butts, like... <laughs> I know, right? Crypto dick butt. Um, I can't. I, I know, I know. I will I will buy one <laughs> one day, um, but it's hard. To, I think the floor on those are like 1.3 ETH or so right now. So you're talking, Oof. yeah, over 2,000 US dollars to, to on a crypto dick butt. But um, from what I heard at, uh, I think it was Consensus, they had the best uh, kind of event party of all of them. They were the most, most engaged community. Um, at consensus. Wow. So crypto dick. Amazing. Yeah. What about Nakamigo? So here's the thing. Brett tells me about these NFTs and then I'm like, oh yeah, I should go buy one of those. I have a regular. I, I don't know. I don't think I have any 6259 memes, but I do have a Nakamigo. What's happening with Nakamigos right now and when are they going to the moon, sir? 
<laughs> I don't. <laughs> I made the biggest mistake of of not selling all of mine when they were almost at like one ETH each. Um, they're down to a floor price of like 0. 0.2, 0. 0.23 ETH right now. Um, okay, good. I'm still up on mine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, when the meme coin, you know, season hit, I think all of the money went out of NFTs and yeah. you know into meme coins. And you know it, it it happened with you know the MFers, the Ret guys. It happened with the six five two nine memes. It happened. It happened with everything. So you just saw a, a huge bear market where people were piling out of NFTs and into meme coins. Mm -hmm. So I've actually been buying them. I have enough Nakamigos. Uh, I don't feel I need to buy anymore. Um, if I see one that's really cool and I like it, I'll buy it because I want it. But um, the the issue that I have with them right now is there's no official Nakamigo Discord server. It was just created by you know some dude, and it's sort of self-managed. And the Nakamigo Twitter account they post daily Nakamigos and like have they you know, create a comment about it, but they're not really doing anything. the The interesting piece, however, is the Beeple connection and you know some of the other things that have happened. Mm -hmm. Like maybe there's something there, maybe there's not. We don't really know. Um, I'm just going to hold on to them, I think, what I've got, and, and see what happens. It, it's it's worth the risk for me that it turns into the next CryptoPunks. I don't think it will. I don't think it will. But if it if it goes that direction at some point, it's worth the risk for me. And I think they're cool, and yeah. I like them. So. That's the interesting thing about some of these NFTs is just how crazy they can actually be. Like, I remember I bought jack butcher's checks for eight dollars <laughs> yeah i bought it for eight dollars and then i sold it at two thousand yep. dollars and like that's that's a crazy return and and i didn't buy it because i thought it was going to be worth anything i have a few of his other ones that aren't aren't worth anything and same thing with nakamigo so i'm like oh okay yeah you know it's i think i spent maybe two hundred dollars maybe a hundred dollars i don't remember and thinking oh i like this picture this is kind of fun all right yeah sure let's go um and same thing, it went up to almost one ETH. And so, you know, again, that little investment of $100 turned into, uh, you know, almost $2,000. And of course, I didn't sell it because I'm just holding it. You know, we're in, a, we're in a winter right now. You don't sell during the winter. You sell when everyone's crazy about it. And so, uh, yeah, you know, that's the, the, the interesting thing that I like about NFTs, but I can't pick them. Like there's so many of them, I don't know. I have no edge in them. That's that's I guess my real, um, I guess thing is I don't have a strategy. I don't have a strategy to buy NFTs. I don't have a strategy to sell NFTs. I look at it as fun speculation right now. And, and is that kind of how you're thinking about it? As someone who has a lot of NFTs, do you look at it as fun speculation? Or do you have like a strategy? Okay, I'm going to buy these Nakamigos here as the prices are down. And then when it goes up, I'm going to sell some, recoup some of the money that I put in and see how it goes. A little bit of all of that. Um, a lot of them I'm buying just because it's it's fun speculation. It's just, I want to be a part of the community. I want to support the community. I want to own XYZ NFT. There are some that I own that are grails that I will probably never sell. So you know, I have them in a hardware wallet. Hardware wallet. They're not going out, um, but they are investments that you know I bought at a great time, and I'm just going to keep them. 
Um, so some of them are sound strategic investments. I know that sounds crazy for JPEGs that we're talking about, but I legitimately believe that you know I've I've got some some good material there. Um, and then I think you know if you think about you know trading in general, if you're up sixty percent on an equity on a trade. Um, maybe take some off the top, maybe sell 50%, 25%, whatever that is, maybe go back to house money. So you know, one of the things that I need to improve on, and I think for anybody listening, if they do get some, you know, a, a number of NFTs or crypto in general is, you know, if you're up significantly, maybe consider selling some. You know, when people are, the hype is going nuts and everybody's going crazy, um, may, that might be the time for you to sell a little bit. You know, hold some for a moon bag, but you know, I'm I'm greedy and I like to hold on to everything. And I just keep thinking that you know maybe these are the the next crypto punks, and you know that's my mistake for for not selling. I've gotten better at it, but um, you know, I I think I owned at one point close to twenty Nakamigos, and when they oh, were wow. some of them, some one of them was a, a Kobe, a Mamba, and it was like four or five ETH on the floor for it. And I didn't sell any of them, but we're talking, you know, over 20 ETH, 25 ETH worth of Nakamigos that are now not worth that much. So, you know, I, looking back, I wish I would have sold some, but I didn't know what they were going to do. Yeah. And I mean, that's the struggle too, because when you do become part of the community, I think it becomes harder to sell because exactly. then by selling, you're kind of saying goodbye to the community. I mean, no one wants uh, to be associated with someone who's, you know, every day I'm in there every day. And then all of a sudden, Hey guys, yeah, I forgot to tell you, I sold three months ago, but I've just been, uh, just been hanging yeah. out with you. So I understand that aspect of it because the emotional connection that you can have to that community, I think can actually be a hindrance when you're trading, when you're trading some of these NFTs. You're exactly right. And, but that's the whole draw to it. Um, I'll kind of, close with this. Um, the NFTs allow you to be a part of a community, allow you to be a part of something bigger than yourself, um, allow for just sort of collaborative design, art, you know, trading. Um, it's kind of like when you traded baseball cards as a kid, if anybody ever did that, you know, it's like being able to do that with anybody in the world. And it kind of brings back fond memories, but, you know, you never really can grasp what's going to come of it and uh, who the people are you're going to meet and how you're going to come together. And, you know, at some point, even in-person events, uh, it's, it's something that, you know, sort of the bonds and holds you together and is going to be, I think, intrinsically more important in our lives as this happened, especially with our kids' lives. Um, I think they're going to have their own sort of PFPs and NFTs that associate directly to themselves, and they're going to have tokenized most everything and um, we're just kind of now getting to the point where we're starting to understand it. We're sort of at like at the, we're still, you know, Scott, a year ago, I said, we're sort of at the genesis of, uh, you know, as far as crypto, like where we were just figuring out how the internet was going to work, like how we could uh -huh. do some things. Unfortunately, a year later, we're still kind of there, but things are moving, um, but they're just not moving as fast as I would like. Awesome. Well, Brett, this has been really helpful. It's been helpful for, for me to help understand some of these meme coins. And then, of course, I always love chatting NFTs with you, my friend. Definitely. So thank you so much for your time. Great to connect again. And uh, big thank you to, uh, to Brett. Be sure and check him out on Twitter, at Crypto Brett. And anything else you want to promote right now, my friend? Um, I'll say this. 
get your uh, get your valuables off of centralized exchanges. Get a hardware wallet. If you have some good FTs that you like, uh, you know, get them off of your MetaMask and put them somewhere that's safe. Um, and I'll leave it there. Awesome. If you found this helpful, click follow, leave a review, and check out our back catalog at hotwallet.ca. I'm Scott McGregor. That's Brett. We'll see you next time. See you, Scott. Brother, Later. that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you. From the bottom, ain't no half stepping. I'm the dog, I made it through so they don't ask questions. Long Beach, and it ain't no half repping. Once a dog, always a dog, so they don't ask questions. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people, he, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. He had all, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holawati from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.